Welcome, good morning, peace be with you, also with you. Announcements, uh, would you open up your uh, bulletin and please see the, the insert. We have Lenten uh, dinner and study starting this Wednesday, five o'clock right here. And uh, just would, just for the heck of it, could it, you know, there's, it's not a binding contract, but just by a show of hands, who thinks that they may be able to come this week for the study? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. All right. I'll, uh, I just, the only reason for that is this week um, I'll be doing the soup and the sandwiches and so forth, and I'm going to do those same croissant. I think that's how you say it, croissant, uh, and uh, the soup and so forth. And uh, so just to get an idea uh, how many to, to bring. So it'll be a good time, and I appreciate your attendance, and uh, it, his word does not return empty as we will talk about today. Also, Easter flowers, uh, there's a sign-up sheet for lilies uh, out in the, the narthex, and so please consider doing that. The ladies' Bible study continues uh, on Wednesdays, and they are in the book of Leviticus still. And again, I'm going to be talking about Bible studies and God's Word in the sermon today, so be listening. And uh, lunch with pastor is this Wednesday, so bring a lunch and enjoy some fellowship. And last but not least, uh, we are always looking for worship assistance and help uh, in any way that you can. And so thank you to the volunteers that do help and uh, even people that aren't uh, signed up to be volunteers. There isn't anybody that sits on their hands here, but just uh, so you know. And... Um, I don't see Iris Jean isn't here today, but um, Iris in the um, uh, Sit and Be Fit program, there was a conversation about uh, the identification of a handyman, and if anyone knew of a good handyman. And we have some handymen in this group, and there's, there's one of them. That, that's partially my fault. Um, <laughs> I went... Mark's pretty handy, isn't he? And I know a lot of other guys. But here's the thing. Before I put Mark on the hook or anyone else, um, if you have needs uh, that were taken care of in, in years past, but things that need to be fixed, um, please make a list of those little deficiencies that you have in your house and uh, either email it or drop it off to Ashley or myself. And we'll coordinate... Um, some people that are available to do some minor repairs in and around your house. Does that sound like something that you could use? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so that is something that the church can do, you know, um, and, and, and so I, I just uh, would appreciate your, your lists and and getting in there, and I appreciate uh, Mark, especially you. You know, we're not gonna, it's not going to be a full-time employment thing for you, but I'm not going to pick on you that hard. But thank you, because uh, Mark's a skilled guy. He can fix pretty much anything. So, okay? All right. Well, let us stand, and let us sing as unto the Lord. Our opening hymn is found on page 534. Now thank we all our God.
come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved our neighbors We have not loved our neighbors ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God has in his mercy given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of God and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the
Let us pray. Oh Lord, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21, and it can be found in your pew Bible on page 5. Genesis 3, beginning with the first verse. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat it from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When a woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat it. Cursed is the ground because of you. 
Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. The second reading is Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7, which we will read responsively, and it's printed in your bulletin. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The epistle this morning is taken from the book of Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 12 through 19, and this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1753. Romans 5, beginning with the 12th verse. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned, To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone, anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of one man, How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. 
Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Matthew from the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1499. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give to you, he said, if, you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Never let go of God's word. It will keep you safe. Never Stop hearing God's word. It will keep you safe and protect you from the evil one. Now, last Sunday was the transfiguration. We heard my own historical account of how I have a bit of trepidation 
trepidation towards that Sunday because all I was called out in front of others for not knowing the meaning of the transfiguration, and it was true, and we went through all of that, and that is not how I am today. I have studied it, I have listened to God's Word, and I know what the point was. We heard the historical account whereupon I admonished you to forget about who was there, to forget about the mist that was there, the glowing Lord, to forget about all of that. But I told you the most important part was hear the Word of God when he said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. We know that Peter didn't understand We know that that mountaintop experience for him was one that he wanted it to last, to build three buildings. And we're no different. We don't want the mountaintop experience to to go away. We want it to be there forever. It's comfortable on the mountain. We need to hear what God has to say over and over again. Again, we need to listen. We need to hear what the Word that became flesh is saying to us, to you, and to me this very day. Adam and Eve show us the object of our repentance for this first Sunday in Lent. They let go of God's word. They ignored God's word. Adam didn't preach it when he should have, and Eve didn't hold on to it when tempted. Together, they let God's word go, and then they were sitting ducks for the serpent. Did you hear what I just said? Hear this then. Cling to God's word. Hold on to it as it is the greatest treasure. Hear my plea. I'm serious right now. Hear me. Now is the time, right now. It's the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Please, don't put it off. Please, don't wait. Don't think that learning God's word is something that you can find time to do later. This is to grandparents and parents and great-grandparents. Please hear me. Listen to what I have to say. Don't let your kids, don't let your grandkids, don't let your great-grandkids avoid God's Word in Sunday school or in catechism during the catechesis. Don't teach them 
Don't let your kids teach their kids that there are things that are more important and it's okay to scoot God's word to the side. It's not. And to you all here, we have Bible study twice a week. In addition to this week and during the Lenten season, we have services on Wednesday nights too. There's three opportunities for you to come and be in the Word. More if you look for it. More if you ask for it. Please don't think that you have learned enough or have nothing else to hear from God's Word. To the children and the youth that might hear this at another time since we're recording this, to the children and the youth, I say, listen. As you grow older and as your time gets filled up with all sorts of other things, don't think that you don't need God's Word. Keep coming to hear it preached. Come and study it and learn it. The admonishment would be, and I'm saying this to myself because I need to hear this, by the way, don't be like Adam and Eve who listened to the devil and gave up God's word. Rather, come and hear it. Read it every day. Learn it. Study it. Cling to it. Make your pastor answer your questions about it and teach it to you. Thank you, Tim. Make it your highest treasure. Make it your highest joy. Now, of course, I can't make you hold on to God's word. And, in fact, I know that neither you nor I will do it. We will fail. You will fail, I will fail, just like Adam and Eve did. So listen carefully, again, today, to God's word, to the promise of Christ, which save us by his word, his promises. Which ones does he keep? All of them. His promises save us by his word. The story of man's fall shows us clearly three things will befell man when they let go of God's word. But the Lord was right there. He was right there to give his promise of salvation in the one born of a woman. So Jesus comes, and Jesus undoes, or undoes, in nice English, Jesus undoes what we have done, and Jesus saves us. First of all, Adam and Eve didn't listen to God's word, did they? They knew it, but they didn't follow it. There's our first repentance. We have God's word. 
We learned from our catechism. We know the commandments. We know the creed. We know the Lord's prayer. But when the devil and the world and our sinful flesh get going in tempting us, we forget all about that. What the world says we should do and get and how we should, that's what sounds a whole lot better. We struggle through life as if the word of God doesn't teach us. We struggle as if the word of God doesn't teach us how to live, how to act, how to behave and get along with our neighbor. Even worse, even worse, we let the world tell us about God instead of learning about him from God's word. When we reject the word like that, we deserve nothing but eternal death. So, Jesus comes, and Jesus takes on flesh, and Jesus gets baptized, and then he goes into the wilderness, and the devil twisted God's word and caused Adam and Eve to fall into sin. Likewise, the devil comes to Jesus and also twists God's word. But this time, the devil doesn't win. This time, the man wins. Jesus holds fast to God's word. He clings to what his father has said. And it drives the devil away. When you despise God's word... Recognize it, confess it, and hear the good news. Jesus has kept his word, and his keeping and his holding on to God's word counts for you and for me. When Adam and Eve gave up God's word, then they were suddenly ashamed of their nakedness. They were exposed. You and I know that feeling of being exposed. I was exposed for not knowing what transfiguration was. You and I know what that feeling is like. We do things, we have done things that we don't want anyone else to see, but we're always looking over our shoulders. I spent a lot of time looking in my rearview mirror in the vehicle. We do things we should not have done, and we are quick to hide those things. We cover it up. Perhaps it's a quick switch to a different computer screen. Or for the kids out there, it's uh, to bury the bad report card at the bottom of the backpack. Or blame the problem on someone else's work. 
We hide and we run from our sins. But God sees. The Lord knows what you have done. He sees what you have done. His eyes penetrate into your sinful heart and mind where you think that no one can get to. The Lord beholds your nakedness behind the silly fig leaves that we put together. Fig leaves dry up, don't they? They don't last. He sees, and in his mercy, he covers you and me. The Lord killed some sheep or goats, and he made shirts and undies and everything else for Adam and Eve, and he covered their nakedness. That was the first death, by the way. Sin brought death to cover our nakedness. And our loving Heavenly Father, who art in heaven, He covers your sins. He covers your nakedness by the death of another lamb. The Lamb of God. The Lamb who is His Son. And when Jesus sheds His blood, it is so that you will be covered. And when you are baptized, the Holy Spirit puts Christ on you. He clothes you with Jesus. He covers your sin nakedness with the Son of God so that neither you or I nor God have to look at yourself exposed by sin, but covered by forgiveness, the forgiveness of Jesus. And when Adam and Eve sinned, God brought punishment and a curse to them and the world. He brought suffering. He brought heartache, pain in childbearing, brought the toil and the drudgery of daily work to eke out a living. It brought thorns and thistles and sickness and death. These are the things that our sins have earned. And they are no different for us. When we get sick or when we fail, when we die, when nothing is as we wish it were, then we need to pay close attention because what we are witnessing is the punishment of God upon sin upon this earth. The Lord has cursed his earth so that we will never trust in it. The earth won't save us. And the Lord is punishing his creation for what Adam and Eve have done. And we bear that punishment and suffer 
We suffer it because of our own sins. Dust you are, and dust you will return. The question, what is dust? Ken read this. Dust is what the serpent gets to eat. So Jesus comes to take that punishment upon himself and to free us from God's wrath. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus comes to wear a crown of thorns to show that he is carrying the curse, not for himself, but for us. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus comes to offer himself as a target for the devil. And why? Well, it's because that in order that, so that the worst and final punishment of God, which is eternal death, is not given to us. Jesus suffers the punishment for our sins so that we are set free. Today, today, when you eat Jesus' body and drink his blood, the holy sacrament, remember that he has taken your punishment. He's taken my punishment for me and for you. Adam and Eve ate the fruit which brought them death. Jesus feeds you with himself. The fruit of the tree of the cross, flesh and blood given for you that give you life and rescue you from the punishment and the torments of eternal hell. Let me ask you this. Do you see the ways in which Adam and Eve's sin was undone by Jesus? Pay close attention to those way in which the fruits and transgressions of Adam and Eve were cured, were fixed by Jesus. See how what was ruined by man is made right by the Son of God. And know this, the way in which the Lord saved Adam and Eve is the same way that he saves you. Before Adam and Eve fell into sin, the Lord gave him, gave them his word. They abandoned that word and they plunged the world into death. But the Lord gave them his word again, more word. And this time, a word of promise and salvation. The seed would become, the seed would come and crush the serpent's head. The Lord saves Adam and Eve by his word. That is how he saves us. By giving us his word. His word and water. His word and supper. 
his word in the Bible. His word preached and taught. Word, word, word. No matter how much you might despise it, no matter how you ignore it or don't want it, that's what the Lord has for you and for me. His word. Words that call us to repentance for despising his word. Words that give us life by absolving us of our sins. As you're called and consecrated, called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. His word works. Everything, and I mean everything, in your life is by and about and through the Word of God. Give that word up if you want. Ignore it if you can. Despise it if you must. Cast it away. Find other stuff that's more important. Go ahead. And you'll see what happens. A life lived apart from God's word is a life of misery. <laughs> Slow down, Kenny. A life lived apart from God's word is a life of misery and hopelessness. So pay attention to God's word. Hold on to it. Treasure it. Believe it. It's your true and only defense against the devil who wants you to be nothing more than dust for him to munch on. But Jesus has come. The flesh, the word who became flesh, has crushed the serpent's head. God's word says so. And on this first Sunday in Lent, Learn your repentance from Adam and Eve. Learn what happens when you pay little or no attention to God's word. Learn what happens when you let God's word go and listen to the whisperings of the devil. And then after you've learned that, repent of that awful sin and learn what God does about such things. Learn how God continues to give his word. Learn how he clothes us, how he takes the punishment we have coming, how in every way and from every angle our Lord Jesus rescues us, saves us from our sins, and makes things right with God. Lent has begun. All eyes and ears on Jesus, who is the Word. The Word God, the Father, has given to save us. The Word who crushes serpent's head. The Word who crowns your head in glory. All eyes on him. In the name of Jesus.
Amen. and season, it is right that we confess our sins to the words of the Nicene Creed, which is found on page three of your bulletin. We in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, of all things that is seen and unseen, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Amen. Let us pray to the Lord on behalf of ourselves and all people as they have need. Merciful Father, though you created all things good, through our first parents we rebelled against your goodness and, in pursuing your own way, came under the curse of sin and its death. 
We give you thanks for the mercy you showed to your fallen creatures and for your patience until at the right time you sent forth your son as a new Adam to be our savior and redeemer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, though we succumbed to the tempter and his lies, your son was resolute as Satan tempted him in the wilderness. Count us righteous in Christ and give us his strength that we may endure in the face of trial and be steadfast and immovable before temptation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, though sin left us isolated and alone, your Son restored us to you and made us your own children by baptism and faith. Continue to give your church faithful pastors to speak your word and administer your sacraments. Give us faithful deaconesses, teachers, and church workers to care for us in your name. Grant that we may be kept in his faith, teach it to our children, and do the good works that show forth our identity as your own people. Lord, in your mercy, hear your prayer. Merciful Father, though you gave us stewardship for your good creation, we love the gifts more than the giver. Deliver us from our affluence and save us from trusting in our possessions more than in your Son. Teach us to use what you have provided to help those in need and to relieve the poor, the unemployed, and the oppressed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, though we are in awe of our power, your might is greater than we can know. Keep us from using these tools for violence and evil. Bless us with wise and faithful leaders who will preserve our freedom and inspire us to use our liberty for noble purposes. Guide all those who make, judge, and administers our laws in the nation, state, and all the localities where we live and work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, though we deserve nothing of your kindness, you have shown yourself to be the strength of the weak, the healer of the sick, and the hope of those who mourn. Hear us on behalf of those who are troubled in mind or body, the dying and those who grieve, especially those we now name silently or out loud. that in their afflictions and pain you may sustain and heal them according to your gracious will and deliver them in everlasting life in Christ our Savior. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, though we are unworthy of a place at the table of our Lord, you have bid us to come and eat of his flesh and blood. Give to us faith that we may come in repentance to receive this blessed food of everlasting life and unite us in doctrine and holy living, that we may show forth this harmony in witness before the world. Lord, in your mercy, our prayer. Merciful Father, though we have lived too much in fear of the judgment of others, make us bold in heart so that we may speak your word confidently before those who do not yet know you. Uh, open our hearts to generously supply the resources of your church to fulfill their calling, both here and throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All these things, O merciful Father, and whatever else we need, we pray you to grant us for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Before we do, um, it is the flu season, virus season, and all kinds of things. So 
Um, uh, just thinking out loud. Um, it might be a good idea if we just, <laughs> and instead of the hugs and, and all that, I'm going to miss that, but maybe for the next few weeks we do that. And then even also when we are up taking the supper, um, we refrain from holding hands. Um, they say that that's a, one way that a lot of things happen, and your pastor's coughing. I'm going to use the uh, gel over there before I handle the body and the bread, but, uh, you know, let's do that. So peace be with you. Amen. Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for this paschal feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life, 
and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heavens, we do praise your name. And we are not joining their unending hymn, but we thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the night in which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is the new covenant. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again. Let's now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. This is a tangible touch, taste, eat it example of the great exchange, his righteousness for our sinfulness. May that be on your mind as he passes over your lips and makes you new again, covered in Christ, covered in his grace. Amen? You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
all about Jesus, amen? It's all about the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. It's all about the Father who sees what you do in secret, but rewards you, not because of you, but because of what his son did for you on that cross. And the meal that we just got is a deposit on that, that we're covered and we are assured because of his word of eternal life. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending song is on eagle's wings. Thank you.